Well, good morning and welcome here. It's good to have you here this morning. My name is Luke, and I get to serve as the pastor here. And, and I hope that you have figured out by now that, that we wrapped up a VBS week. Uh, that, that's why we decorate like this. Uh, we had a fantastic week, and um, you'll hear more about it later on. But I must say I'm so thankful and so proud of all of our volunteers and, and workers who helped pull that off. Uh, they just did a lot of work, and it was a great week. We had over 100 kids here all week. And, uh, and it was a lot of fun. So a um, couple other uh, announcements just to, to let you know. Uh, next week, I want you to all to bring your cell phone. Uh, you probably brought it with you anyways. Um, many of you are recipients of our call them all option, like if there's a closer or that kind of thing. We also have an option, though, where you can receive a text. And so next week, we'll just kind of walk through that just real quick but real simple. So uh, if you're interested in receiving the text messages, go ahead and bring it's It's the first time you get permission to, like, text in the middle of church, right? I mean, you probably do it anyways, but now it's, like, blessed and burned. Um, the other thing, um, Mark, if you want to pull up that, that picture of the lights, um, we, we are doing some cl- clean-out uh, of storage downstairs, and we have these uh, fantastic lights. From my understanding, these used to be the sanctuary lights, and they're just wasted in storage where they've been for many, many years. So if you want one, uh, if you'd be willing to buy one, if you know of someone who wants one, um, I'm told that that the the village already has one in their church, which is good, but uh, these lights have a lot of history and they were wasted downstairs. So if you're interested or or know of someone who might be, just let us know in the office in the next week or two. Uh, John has a couple of announcements, and so I'm going to invite him up to, to share that. seems like a long ways away, but it's in just a click. That's our, we're having an annual business meeting then, and we need some nominations for people to serve on the um, leadership board. So, um, there was some, there were some sheets in boxes a couple weeks ago, but I have a few more. The deadline was today, but since we haven't had church, we're extending it. Um, so, um, get them in this week, or see me right after church, and and pick up those nomination sheets. Um, the other thing that's coming up in a couple weeks is the uh, um, see me if you want to go to the um, National USMB Convention in Denver. That's 29 and 30. So I have some information on that. And uh, because we missed a couple Sundays um, and uh, people have been traveling, giving has been a little short this summer. And so, um, please um, take that in mind when you when you give. Let's do a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, uh, it is a, a gift and an honor to be able to come together and celebrate to worship you this morning as a community. God, we give you thanks for what an amazing week we had with VBS. And Lord, it is our hope that uh, what those kids uh, learn will impact them for the rest of their lives, and that what they learn this week, will uh, they'll actually be change agents in their own homes as they share these messages with their family as well, too. Lord, we invite you here to lead us, to guide us, to speak to us. God, we surrender ourselves to you. Lord, it's our desire to, to walk in holiness and purity before you, Lord, and um, so we just invite you to, to speak to our hearts and be available to you. And Lord, this morning, we want to worship you as well, too. We give you the praise. 
we want to invite all the VBS kids to come up here and sing Light of the World. And then after we sing Light of the World, the kids, you guys can go back with your parents. And then we're going to come back up during offertory and sing a couple more songs. So come on up. And we get to sing another song. And yes, Utah kids, you come up too. such a joy to worship with kids because their faces light up and 
they like to dance and they like to smile and you can see the joy on their faces. So it's, we can learn a lot from kids in our worship of Jesus. So that's awesome. Please stand with us and we are going to worship and just celebrate God's faithfulness. Um, he's, he is faithful.
point in the service we'll always like to have a word of prayer uh, a few prayer requests um, some things that have been happening over the last couple weeks uh, some of you might know Jessica Ewing uh, she sometimes participates with us on Wednesday nights and um, she has been in the hospital for about three weeks now uh, a couple surgeries to remove some infections uh, recently discovered a large mass that they suspect to be cancerous um, her weight is way down so uh, things are, are pretty difficult kind of trying time uh, for them and not really sure how, how this is going to end. Um, also, some of you may have known that Nancy was in the hospital recently. She had a, a bladder infection that turned into a kidney infection that got pretty serious uh, a few more days out of the hospital and, and she might not be with us, but uh, she's doing better. Um, she was in Lincoln for a while and she is home now, uh, but recovering just her strength and, and from that whole ordeal. And of course, Laverna, as many of you know, recently had a procedure, um, brain surgery, uh, to remove a, a growth that was behind the left eye, um, that was kind of between the skull and the brain, and wrapped around the optic nerve and such, but uh, that was removed, the surgery went very well, uh, still in the hospital, recovering, and um, so yeah, so, so things are getting better there. So a few things to, to remember just in your own prayers throughout the week, so join me in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I want to start by saying thank you for what a remarkable week. 
God, what a, what a privilege that you would entrust to us a uh, hundred kids to be able to share with them your love, your grace, your mercy. God, we pray for the, the volunteers who expended so much love and energy and time that you would refresh them and restore them. God, we give you praise for this great week. Lord, we pray for those who are, who are suffering with illness. Lord, we pray for Jessica and Nancy, for Laverna. And Lord, many of us have others in our own private circle who are, who are struggling with um, an illness or a struggle of some kind. Lord, we pray for them. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for scripture. Thank you for the gift of family. And Lord, as we get ready to, to look at your word, to look at scripture, pray that you would enlighten it to us. We love you, Lord. Amen. Ushers. All right, kids. You get, it's back to you. So come on up, Bible School kids, and let's have the little kids in the front and see your beautiful faces, the bigger kids in the back. And we're going to show the spotlight show as the kids are going to sing some songs.
as you can see, we had a lot of fun this week. And I don't know if you were able to see the slideshow, but there's a lot going on. There was a ton of kids. They just kept coming and coming every day. So we ended up with about 112 registered, which was amazing. And that, that took about 50-plus helpers to pull that off. So thank you again if you helped this week. It was a ton of fun, and there's a lot of energy in here every night. As If any of you came during the week, um, you would have seen that. And uh, But we also know that Jesus' presence was very present here all week long, and we really felt your prayers here, and um, the kids were... Uh, they loved coming every week. I kept hearing that from parents, that they loved to come every day, and they wanted, somebody told me they wanted us to do two weeks, but I said, uh, I think one is enough. So <laughs> um, I'm just going to highlight our station leaders, because that kind of gives you a feel for what we did each day. Um, let's see. Here, we started with Sing and Play Rock every day in here. Uh, Christine and Heidi and Daniel helped lead that. They did a fantastic job. Heidi and Daniel did a skit each day, which the kids loved, or should I say Clark Cavern. That was a really fun part of our day. And then um, that they, start, they went to Deb at Deep Bible Quest. She had a fun story every day, lots of hands-on things. The kids even got to walk on water, and she made them crawl through a cave that went through one entire classroom to her room. So that was a ton of fun for them. And then uh, they went to... Spelunker Games with Becca and Daniel, and that was, they had all kinds of fun things for them to do, a lot of water games, because it was hot all week until the last day when we hosed the kids with the fire truck, but that's okay. <laughs> and then they went to Sandy at KidVid Cinema. They got to watch uh, stories of kids their own age who um, had, had trusted in Jesus to get them through each day, and Sandy did a great job with those kids. Then they went to uh, Science Station with Jean. She had lots of fun experiments to connect to the Bible Point each day. So they heard the Bible Point over and over, and, and if you see up on the stage, we had a Bible Point for each day, so we hope those truths translate into their everyday lives. And then the last one, oh, we had Dot in preschool. She had 26 preschoolers, so she's, not, she's in their nursery today. She... Um, did a fantastic job. She had a whole team down there with them and did different stations. And it was always very, uh, when I went down, they were always in order and doing a lot of different activities. So she did a great job. And then this is our, our crew for our suppers. We did sack lunches in the classroom this year uh, so the teachers could interact with the kids for a half hour before the day started. And Jamie kind of headed that up with a bunch of help. And they made about... 130 to 150 sack lunches every day. So that's a lot of food for the kids, and it was a, it was went really well. So we're very thankful for that too. Okay, um, thanks for your support, and we'd love if if you have a few minutes after the service, we need to take down our beautiful decorations, but it won't take long if we have some hands to help us. So thanks again. Well, as many of you know, uh, over the last year or two, we've been sending a number of people to go out and visit Jason and Nicole Queering, um, who, who are uh, church planning in Saratoga Springs, Utah. And we do that for a couple reasons. One is because it's incredibly encouraging to Jason and Nicole. 
Uh, they have often said how much they, they appreciated that. Um, another reason is simply because it stirs up more support for, for Jason and Nicole. I mean, they come back, they've seen it firsthand, and they, they pray differently. Uh, you know, people who have gone and, and come back, they, they pray differently, they talk differently about it, they, uh, they give differently. Um, and also, for, for those who, who do come back, um, it just, th- their understanding of, of what's going on is so much deeper, uh, just because newsletters can only convey so much, and so they have this deeper understanding. And the other reason, too, is simply because it's good for us um, to be able to, to go somewhere else and see what it looks to, to live missionally there and, and, and to live on mission there just really helps us then to rethink how are we going to live missionally and pursue the people in our community. And so those are some of the reasons why we've been doing that. Well, as you know, though, Jason and Nicole are not our only missionaries. We also support the Roggets, who are in Paris, and they're there on a a three-year term. Um, But we also support Kent and Kedron Miller, who are there long-term. And so we are getting ready to send Carla and Becca uh, to connect with the Millers for about a week. And so we want to do a little bit of like a commissioning for them. And so um, I'm going to ask them to, to come forward and just kind of stand here on, on, on the floor in the middle. And um, they're going to they're gonna be leaving, I believe it's Monday. They will be gone for about 10 days. They'll be in country for about seven or eight. They'll be connecting with the Millers, hanging, staying with them while they're there. They're going to be helping out with a multi- church kind of youth outreach thing that is happening there in Berlin, um, possibly doing some interaction with some Syrian refugees that are um, being housed in, in kind of a, um, an airport hangar uh, type space and uh, getting to know the team that the Millers are a part of and really just kind of catching a heart for, you know, what is God doing in Berlin and how are the Millers a part of that and, and just kind of to learn and serve. And so I want to do this commissioning in, in kind of our traditional Henderson MD style, where I am asking anyone who wants to to come forward, gather around, uh, lay hands on them. I forgot to ask you again if that's okay. Okay. Someday I'll remember. Um, so, anyways, for those that want to to, to come and, and gather around and, and pray for them, I'm going to ask everyone else to simply stand where you're at. So, if you would please stand, and anyone who wants to come forward. And then what we're going to do, uh, uh, you know, for those of you who aren't familiar with this, we just, everyone just prays out loud at once. And it may feel a bit hectic, but it's just kind of this neat chorus of prayer that goes up. And, uh, but kind of the one trick, though, to make this work is that to really kind of tune out the person next to you, you just got to pray louder than the person next to you, right, to, to really make this work. And Brad, I'll just work my own mic. I'm just going to mute it for a bit. When I sense that the prayers are kind of dying down, then, um, then I'll kind of give us a, a closing prayer. So let's go ahead and pray, and I invite all of you to just pray out loud at once. Father, thank you so much just for the, the gift of being able to send out um, uh, Carla and Becca. And God, of course, we do ask for safety and good travels. 
the Lord even more, we, we pray that, that their eyes would see Berlin as we see Berlin. Lord, we pray for a, a good connection of Kent and Ethan and their kids. God, we pray for the stories that, that they come back and share, Lord, and as, as they share their stories, that we would begin to see Berlin as you see Berlin. And Lord, in places where your heart breaks, our heart would break. And in places where your heart is, is, is glad and joyful, our heart would be um, filled with, with gladness as well, too. Um, so we ask your blessing, your protection on their trip, and um, just a really great stay. will get to hear from them when they come back, so that'll be a, a good Sunday. You'll you'll not want to miss that. Well, as you may know, we've been working through a series on discipleship over the summer. We've been going after this term. What does it mean to be a disciple of Jesus Christ? What does it mean to make a disciple of Jesus Christ? We've spent some time looking at the original 12 uh, apostles or original 12 disciples. Uh, one thing that I was fascinated to learn is that Actually, the word disciple only appears in the Gospels, so Matthew, Mark, Luke, which are our accounts of Jesus, um, and the word appears in the book of Acts, which is the account of, of the first church. But after that, then, um, Scripture switches to different terms, and it refers to, like, the saints and the called and uh, the scattered and, and that kind of thing. And so discipleship is woven all throughout the New Testament, um, but in, in once you get past Acts, you have to start to look for, for different terms. But um, one of the most famous, of course, is uh, in the very last statement that Jesus makes in the book of Matthew uh, to go throughout the whole world and to make disciples, which we now call the Great Commission. Uh, and so this week we're, we're looking at discipleship in family. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to, to do this as next week as well, too. Um, but, but today we're going to be looking at a piece of scripture that is historically called the Shema. And, um, and I, was, I, I didn't know any of this. I, this was fascinating to learn. I hope I'm pronouncing it right. The Shema, S-H-E-M-A, is considered one of the most important prayers in the Jewish faith. Um, now, the, the Jewish faith believes in the Old Testament, not the New Testament, but, uh, you know, of course, they have this, this deep history uh, going back thousands of years, even before Jesus. But, but, but the Shema prayer was so influential and so important that Jesus even quoted it in the New Testament. When Jesus was asked, what is the greatest commandment, Jesus referenced the Shema prayer from, from the Old Testament. And uh, so I'm going to read this. It's, it will probably sound familiar to it, uh, but historically know that there's all this great depth to it. Um, we have not done this in a while, but could we please stand for the reading of Scripture? That's just kind of a nice sign of respect. I'm going to be reading out of Deuteronomy chapter 6, and I'm going to read verses 4 to 9. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as signs on your hand and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. You may be seated. There's kind of um, uh, sort of three uh, circles in, 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 in the Shema, in this prayer, sort of concentric circles, kind of starting in and working out. 
Uh, Shema is actually just the Hebrew word for hear. So that, that's where we get that. But so it starts with this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. So kind of that first circle is, is your own personal spirituality. Okay, and we talked a couple of weeks ago about developing that, beans and rice people, beans and rice. Okay, some of you were here for that. Other you are like, I don't know what's going on. Uh, go back, it was a good sermon. And, um, so beans and rice, that's the first circle. Second circle then extends into the family. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. Uh, you shall bind them as sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Uh, and then, and that's really the, the section that we're going to go after today. The third section or the third circle, you shall write them as doorposts on your house, on your gates. That really speaks kind of to the your involvement in community. That's kind of more the public proclamation, right? It's written on, on your gates, on your doorposts, so other people can see it. So that's a, a little bit more to the community involvement. So we're going to be looking at, at this middle section. And first of all, he tells them what they are going to do. You shall teach them diligently to your children. Then he tells them how they are going to do it. Um, it's interesting to point out, too, that I, I find it fascinating that this whole thing begins with the, the greatest command being that we love the Lord, our God, and not obey the Lord. And obedience is important. I believe that obedience is part of love, but I believe that love is much bigger and it encapsulates it. Because as humans, we are really primarily driven um, by love and by passion, not by thinking. I mean, that maybe that sounds a little bit odd, but, but really, when you think about what is the dominant motivator in our, in our lives, really it's the things that we love, not the things so much that we think about. I mean, because if... If the thinking was the dominant thing, we would all be like Spock, like all Star Trek, right? And that's maybe funny for a day or two, but after a while it gets annoying. I mean, we are really primarily driven by the things that we love. And, and the things that I love, like, you know, I can waste so much time doing it, and time just seems to speed by, and, you know, to, to invest extra energy and effort into it is fun for me, right? Things that I hate doing... Even if I know they're good, but if I hate doing them, oh, have mercy. Like, I mean, I, I can take four hours to do 30 minutes of work, you know, like just drag my feet and just, just dra like, it's just awful. We, we are primarily driven um, by, by the things that we love. And so the command is to love the Lord. Uh, if you are going to cultivate a love for God, find the things that stir up your affection for God and invest in those. There's some basics that need to be in play, scripture, prayer, community service. But I mean, beyond that, just find out what works for you and do that. This middle section, though, um, about the family, you shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. The, the first thing that I notice about this is I, is I find this so very gracious of God. Because the command is not, hey, I want, I want to add a lot of stuff and ritual to your life. I want, you know, I, I, I want you to add a lot of things. The, the, the command really is, is more of a as you go, talk, interact, discuss, bring these things up. 
not adding ceremony. He's not adding ritual. He's encouraging you that as you go through life to add these things. Um, talk of them when you sit in your house. I mean, do you ever sit in your house for a meal, uh, for a conversation, to play Legos, for a board game? Like, do you own a couch? Because if so, you can do this. All right? When you walk, by the way, we don't really walk, but we drive. Do you ever drive anywhere? That's perfect. All the kids are strapped in. They can't get anywhere. Tied into this cage-like environment. You control the radio. You can do this. If you drive your children anywhere, you can do this. When you lie down, when you rise, do you ever eat breakfast? Do you ever get ready for bed? I mean, these are just the, the things that are naturally interwoven in our life. Uh, the last part, you shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. Some Jews took that literally. They actually took this prayer and like put it in a little box and tied it to their forehead. I'm going to say that's missing the point. Um, this is really just a metaphor for, for, for head and for hands, right? So this speaks of thought, and this speaks of action. But I find this whole approach so very gracious of God, because it is not a burdensome thing. It's really not. Get the sense that God realizes that your life is busy and hectic and wild, and you know there are some mornings where it's kind of all you know relaxed and idealistic and that kind of thing. Most mornings, like in our house, are just chaos. Um, I could spend a lot of time doing confession time with you, but but that's just kind of my way. Um, so anyway, so I I want to give you a few strategies on how to do this well and, and a few dangers to be aware of first strategy would be consistency, all right? As you are going through your day, consistency. And this is not so much to say, hey, every Monday at 5, we're going to do a 45-minute deal. I mean, if that works for you, that's great. For us, that doesn't work so much. Um, but but consistency, I, by, by what I mean by that is just that you are going to talk about this again and again and again and again and again. And that should not surprise you because we have conversations in our house about, like, put away your shoes, Right? And we discuss this again and again and again and again and again, you know? Like to the point where you sound like a crazy person. You're like, oh, look, I found shoes. What should I, you know, like if anyone walked in, they'd be like, you sound like an idiot. Um, And even as adults, I mean, we need to hear stuff over and over and over and over again. Spiritual conversations are not some one-off where you just do it once and you're done. Spiritual conversations you repeat over and over and over and over again. Secondly, uh, so consistency. One, just to say it, um, just to talk about it at every opportunity. Uh, Secondly, clarity. Fight for clarity. What you are saying may not necessarily be, be or equal out to what is being heard. All right? As a preacher, I can vouch for this. I say one thing, and then people are like, oh, I love the whatever, and be like, that's great. And that's it. Um, fight for clarity. Um, I mean, don't just say things several times. Say them different ways. Ask for feedback. Um, ask open-ended questions. Um, say it in different ways. Uh, one guy um, uh, had this really great story. So this dad takes his kids, and they go to the living room, and they build this epic fort, right? Like, they rearrange all the furniture, and they got sheets and blankets, and they build kind of this this fantastic fort in the living room. And then dad gets all the kids together underneath this fort. 
and you take the flashlight and you read Psalm 18. The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock in whom I take refuge. My shield, the horn of my salvation. My stronghold. And then they pass around the flashlight and they all take turns. What does it mean for God to be a rock? What does it mean for God to be a fortress? Dads, you can build a fortress. And you can read words from a book. Meaning you can do this. Those kids will always remember that. When those kids are 60, and their spouse is losing a long battle to cancer, they will not remember what the preacher said in the pulpit. But they will remember sitting with dad in a fort, by a flashlight, reading, The Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. My God, my rock, in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold. Find creative ways. Fight for clarity. Some other things that you can use. Many of you have sat with me in a team meeting where we have done a practice called Thorns and Roses. Learned it from the boys' class. Thorn, what was the good part of the day? Rose, what was the bad part of the day? Bud, what are you looking forward to tomorrow? Every night we had teams go around and share that. It levels the playing field on on sharing, on what's going on. It's a fantastic um, uh, just tool to utilize. Some people call it highs and lows. I don't make up your own name, but it's a great way to just kind of coax information out of your kids. God sightings. These were something that VBS was doing all week long. Where did you see God today? They even worked it through the five senses. Where did you feel God? Where did you see God? Where did you taste God? Where did you hear God? Right? I mean, it's okay. Get creative with it. Cars. We mentioned cars. Cars are the best place for conversations. Everyone's locked in. Right? Do not abdicate that opportunity to some kind of electronic device. Okay? Cars. A rich opportunity. Also remember, though, in our just in, in, under this thing of fighting for clarity, remember that we are also teaching our kids through our silence. What we don't talk about, we are teaching them not to talk about. Your child is learning not only what is okay to say, but what you should not talk about. So they are learning, hey, you don't ever really have to compliment your spouse. Hey, we don't really say I love you in the same way. They're, they're saying to never talk. They're learning to never talk about stuff. They're learning never say anything that upsets dad. And never talk about that. Right? Our silence also teaches kids what we talk about and what we don't talk about. Thirdly, capitalize on the spontaneous moments. You're... you're Things are busy. You're doing drive-through supper. You're throwing chicken nuggets to the back seat. What a great opportunity to talk about the provision and the grace of God, and the opportunity to live in a country where where we have the finances to do something like that, and the opportunity to eat a meal out on the road. You can make McDonald's spiritual, all right? And any time that you can surprise your kids, talk about times that you have been surprised. You've been surprised by a sunset. You've been uh, surprised by by nature. Um, you, you had more energy than expected. All kinds of opportunities. Fourthly, uh, I, I would I would encourage confession and prayer. 
when you overreact to your spouse or to your kids, which will happen because you're human and all, when that happens, apologize to them. You will find them very forgiving, but apologize. You, I mean, not only are, are you mending the relationship, but, but you are teaching your kids so much. You are teaching them that we all make mistakes. You are teaching them to, to own their mistakes, and when even as an adult, when you make a mistake, to apologize. You're teaching them about forgiveness. So much in that moment. And last thing I would say is, is to pray. Pray with your kids, but let them hear your prayers for them. And if you're not sure what to pray, start with Colossians chapter 1, starting in verse 9. Paul, oftentimes, in his letters, will open up the letter with, I thank God, and I pray for you. And, and so, so oftentimes, in the opening of Paul's letters, you will see kind of this encouraging opening statement and sometimes you'll see kind of a brief summary about his prayers for them and how he has been praying for them but the, the one in colossians is particularly rich and, and it's just a great one to pray over your kids so just, i mean you can colossians chapter one you'll find it verse nine and just pray that over your kid and let them hear that every day there's a couple dangers, a couple enemies to, to be aware of as we do this as well, too, right? Because remember, the big picture concept is teaching our kids to love the Lord our God with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their mind, right? So the command is to teach, and the method of teaching is really kind of this as-you-go idea, right? As you walk, as you sit, as you get ready in the morning, as, as you get ready for nighttime. A couple cautions. One is misplaced love. And this kind of comes back to what you talk about, but, but what is it that you talk about most with your children? And this can actually be dangerous in both a positive and a negative fashion. For example, right? I mean, uh, in a negative fashion, you know, you're, you're always on, on, on your kids about what they wear or grades or, or, or school or sports, right? Why couldn't you do better in class? Why are you struggling so hard? Why? Rawr, 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 rawr. No, you are not going out in that outfit, and no, you're not going out in that outfit. And who bought you these clothes? Oh, yeah, I did, but no, you're not going out in that outfit. And just over and over and over again, we kind of take the, this negative approach with our kids, but the thing that they are hearing most and the thing that they will remember then for the rest of their life is how I look is most important, how I succeed in school is most important, how I succeed in sports is most important. Is that what you're talking about? Or? The ironic thing, too, is that a word of caution is that as, as destructive as it is to be negative in those things, there's also a word of caution in the, in the positive as well, too. Because we can be very encouraging. You know, I, I, I can repeatedly tell my daughter, I think she's beautiful, but if I only compliment her looks and I never talk about the things of God, then my compliment becomes poison because once again she finds identity in that. I mean, this time the positive got negative, but once again you have a misplaced identity in looks, in sports, in grades because I'm only speaking to the things of this earth and I'm not speaking to the things of God. You guys tracking with me? Because this is big. Even in our encouragement, if it's not balanced with, with God conversations, our encouragement can become a poison to them. Um, secondly, uh, a weak marriage. What is going on in the home? 
I want to be gentle with you with this, but, but, but I, I do want to be honest with you. But husbands and wives, how you treat your spouse, I mean, they are picking up on all that. And you can say whatever you want, but you are their template that they will then, by default, mimic when they are married. And, and, and so men, you are actively training your sons how to treat their wife, uh, how to treat women in their life, and you are actively training your daughters what to expect from a man in order to be their husband. So if you have a short temper, if it's always like 170 degrees in the house, if people are always worried about upsetting you, if, if just kind words can never come out of your mouth, I mean, that's just that's going to get replicated. Ladies, it's the same thing. Um, you know, and, and, and women, are you experts in, in where your man is strong? I mean, it's easy to identify the weaknesses, right? But if we only talk about the weaknesses, then we kind of slip into that category of becoming the nagging wife. And just so you know, like, nagging is such a corrosive thing that even the book of Proverbs feels sorry for your husband. Like, even God is saying in Scripture, you should just live in the desert. Like, just trust me on this. The desert. Both of you married an imperfect, flawed person, but it is your duty to be an expert on their strengths and to consistently speak to those and to consistently speak to those so that your children overhear that conversation, right? I realize you might have a spouse that has a lot of work, but find the good and speak to that. Third caution, non-present presence. How many of you have gone to check an email? phone, and like an hour later you're watching cat videos and arguing with politics with strangers, right? Like, I don't even know you, but you're an idiot. No, no, no. Okay? And then you get mad at your kids because they haven't put themselves to bed in an orderly fashion. That may be a confession. Be careful with technology. Be careful with your usage of technology. And, and their usage of technology as well, too. You're present, but you're really not. Okay? Um, fourth enemy, just lack of intentionality. Um, you know, as a church, we, we will do all we can to, to help family and kids uh, learn to love Jesus. Um, but, but we will never match the influence that parents have. We will never match the influence that, that happens in the house by, by far. And, um, and so just uh, intentionality. And let me just highlight again here, Deuteronomy doesn't say, look, Deuteronomy isn't trying to add a lot of stuff into your busy life. Deuteronomy is simply saying, take the life you have, and as you go, you have these conversations. Okay, so some strategies. Uh, consistency, say it over and over and over and over. Clarity, fight for clear communication so they are hearing what you are saying. Capitalize on the small moments. Um, capitalize on moments of confession. Pray for your kids. Let them hear your prayers. Um, and be wary of misplaced love, of weak marriages, of non-present presence, namely the phone, and lack of intentionality. Folks, here's the thing in all of this, all right? You are discipling your kids. You are doing a great job of discipling your kids. Because every time your kid does something where you see yourself or you see your spouse, good or bad, that is evidence that you are doing a fantastic job of discipling your kids. Discipling your kids will happen regardless 
It's simply a matter of what are you discipling them in. Are you discipling them in how they dress and how they perform at school and why do you always do this? Or are you discipling them in the things of God? The goal is to cultivate a heart in our children that loves God. First, you have to do this in yourself. Remember, that's how this thing started, beans and rice. But secondly, we, we cultivate that, that heart in our children that, that loves God. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children. You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand. They shall be as frontlets between your eyes. And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Amen. Heavenly Father, thank you for this privilege of family and of children and, and, of, and of discipling and, and, and nurturing and, and bringing up the next generation. And God, we recognize that we are discipling, but Lord, it's our heart's cry that we disciple them to love you, to honor you, to glorify you. But Lord, we're, we're going to have to be intentional about that. We're going to have to be smart and strategic about that. Lord, I pray for all those here, for all those listening. I pray that, that they would be able to walk in these things. I pray that you would provide multiple resources to continue to, to walk in these things. And Lord, I pray that our, our families would be marked um, by a love for you. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Please stand as we respond. Um, we have no love in us except for God loved us first because of his love for us. We are able to love others. So we're going to sing about how much Jesus loves us, and we know that all of the love we can love others is in Him. I was lost. I was in chains. The world had a hold of me. I was stoned. I was covered in shame.
Thank you.